What's up, guys and gals? My name is Chris Tonvold, and this is Ambition Radio. This is a podcast where we interview cool people doing cool stuff, try and find out what makes them tick, uh, see how they stay motivated despite having a full career, uh, despite having a family, you know, life in general, uh, and seeing how they balance uh, their passions and how they're pursuing that uh, with everything else. So this episode, we have RJ from the band Alica. Um, we talk about a whole bunch of different stuff. Um, this was recorded back in March. So a lot of the stuff we talk about as far as tour and stuff like that, um, is already done with, but he just, um, released information on a new tour. So he just announced this, uh, he'll be touring in February with Soulfly, uh, going all the way up to Canada, uh, for that. So check that out. Uh, we do talk about the origin of his of this band's name on here. So real quick, we we couldn't remember what the anime was um, that it was actually named after, um, which I'm probably spoiling, you know, that story, but it's fine. But the anime is actually Hunter x Hunter, which is an amazing anime, by the way. Um, I would definitely check that out. Uh, it looks like a kid's show, but it's very brutal. Um, so if you haven't watched it, definitely check it out. One of my favorites. And without further ado, here's the episode. Hopefully you like it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of work at all. No, I mean, I need the money right now anyways, and DG pays me okay. I just got to deal with bullshit, which I can deal with. I'm pretty, I mean, I've been there for 10 years. I can deal with the people. Which is crazy. You haven't, you have never tried getting anything different or? I've tried. It's just when it comes to like scheduling for like shows and stuff like that, they're just so, they're just so strict. Like a lot of jobs I go to when I do interviews, I'm always like, hey, this is what I do on my side job. Sometimes I request off, sometimes it's that and the other. And they are like, nope, open availability. Like that's not how this works. Right. And going into a new job, I wouldn't have seniority and everything else. At least I have the seniority with DG. So they're just like, I mean, you can basically do what you want. I've been there longer than most district managers, you know. So, right. so they give me the the ability to leave and come and go as I want, but it's just a pain in the ass dealing with people. Yeah, that's know? crazy because you got some shows coming up, don't you? Yeah, dude, going to fucking Canada. Are you? Yeah, dude. Is that part of the the CB Entertainment mm, thing? Dude, he is the fucking man. So. What is what is that? What is the CB Entertainment thing that you just signed? CB Entertainment is um, it's like management. It's basically a management company, but he does a bunch of stuff for us. Like uh, he does a lot of doesn't really do full time booking, but he gets a lot of tour offers. So we've been getting tour offers. That's how we got the Canadian uh, thing, um, which wasn't even really supposed to happen. We weren't supposed to announce we were gonna be with them for another like month or two, because we had signed we signed with them a couple weeks ago, and we were gonna give it a couple. Uh, about a month or two to build up because we have a lyric video coming out. We're got right. the album's done and they just want everything like in order before we go, Hey, we're announcing our signing with them. But we got on the Canadian offer like really quick. And then all the promoters in Canada, we were like, well, don't tell anybody that we're on it yet. Cause we still haven't made the announcement. We're with CB yet. And all the promoters in Canada were like too late. You're already <laughs> <laughs> like Alec is on it. And we're like, tight so like after they announced us like cb his name's chris chris was basically like i guess i'll just announce you guys now i mean everything's in order so and that's when he announced us and we said we had the canadian dates and then we have a few i think we have a few more before canada because 
it's if it wasn't, it'd be a straight shot up to Canada. And I think it starts in like I want to say Hamilton, Ontario, which is almost a thousand miles away from where we're at. That's crazy. Yeah, and I'm like, uh it'd be really it'd be cool. I mean, but like just financially shooting from Maryland straight up to Canada to start a tour is we just don't have it financially. Yeah, so I, like, I mean, you'd have to either fly everything over there or drive for days, yeah, right? Yeah, that's why we were like, is there any, like, dates we can get before and, like, after Canada? Because it's going to be expensive getting home with tolls and everything. And he was like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> just like, yeah, I got you. So he, he he just does it, man. He's good. That's crazy. Where are you going uh, in Canada? I know we hit, I think it's Hamilton, then it's Oshawa. We have a, it's called Montreal Battlegrounds. Uh, no, it's called Battleground Music Festival. And it's, uh, I think it's in Oshawa, uh, Ontario, Canada. And that's all we really know. That's all they've really told us. <laughs> There's like 15 bands, and then it's us and a band called The Convalescents. Uh, we're t- uh, on the road with them for those days. And they're with Unique Leader. They're actually with CB Entertainment, too. That's how we got the deal to get on that tour because i think the vocalist of that band um also does a lot of the booking for cb so that's okay. how he was like hey man if they're interested you know let's see if what they can do so we had to get our pat nobody in the band except two people had passports right. so like we had to rush <laughs> and get passports so luckily we got it all done but i've never gotten a passport before so i had no idea what to do and uh i just got mine done a couple of days ago so that was an experience so yeah. I went and got it done during the windstorm. And of course, I got this like mid, like the beanie, like my <laughs> hair is like not long, but it's not short either. So it just looks really dumb. Right. <laughs> and then the right. windstorm came in and the post office I went to, they close at 1230 for passports. They're open till one, but they close at 1230 for passports. And I got there at 1230. And, nice. And the lady was nice enough to be like, I'll do it, but you got to hurry up. Right. So I'm filling out paperwork and she's like, come take your photo. I like throw my beanie off and I'm like trying to like fix this. <laughs> She's like, are you good? And I'm like, I'm not really whatever. Right. And she was like, good enough. And she takes a photo and I'm like, dude, it looks like. Yeah. Some, that look, way you don't look like Charles Manson. Oh, dude, I look like a straight crackhead. I think in the photo, I look stupid, man. <laughs> I'm just like, cool. Cause I know obviously like that was just the most rushed I've ever been for a photo. Like even quicker than school photos you got back in the day where you right. just sit and go. And right. She was straight up just like, she already had the camera in hand back there. All right, cool. And then filled everything out and good to go. And come to find out, I didn't have a damn birth certificate, so that was cool. Had to expedite a birth certificate. What? Yeah. uh, Apparently, uh, my parents did this cool thing where they didn't do that when I got uh, when I was born. They got a birth registration, and uh, it's funny because when my I went to go to my dad's house to go pick it up, and uh, my dad was like. You know, I got your registration. Here you go. And it's like this scanned piece of paper. It's like this like bullshit scanned piece of paper you find in like a fax machine. Right. It's not notarized. Yeah, no, it's notarized no- or nothing. <laughs> and I, I told him the same. I was like, I think it has to be notarized. He's like, it's got the notary thing on it. It's like obviously where it was notarized, but it's a scanned piece of paper. There's not going to. And he's like, well, the MVA takes it. Dude, I'm not going to the MVA. I'm going out of a country, man. And uh, he was like, well, try it. And I looked it up as soon as, like, he told me that at his house. And I'm like, does this work? And everywhere was like, no. No. <laughs> absolutely not. Like, that's not going to work at all. And so I was like, fuck. So I had to expedite a birth certificate, which I was dumb. Apparently, you can go down to, I guess, Downton, D.C. and get it done and pick it up pretty quickly. But that makes sense. Yeah, but I was dumb and I was, like, in a rush. So I was like, oh, online, how do I do that? And, like, everywhere was like, 
$90 express birth certificate. And I'm like, good enough. That's what I need. And I got it in two days. Oh, that's all right. So, yeah. Apparently there was one on file probably. And they were just like, here you go. Yeah. I'm nervous because I, I was born in the Philippines. So my birth certificate, if I lose that, I don't know if I can ever get it back. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So that's that whole thing kind of makes me nervous. Like I, I want to go travel and, and do some stuff like that. But just the, the loops that I have to probably go through, I just don't want to deal with it. I can only imagine that one, yeah, because like it says, because technically it would make you a citizen of the Philippines, or it doesn't. Yeah, make... I was a I was a dual citizen until I was eighteen. Okay, and then you have to like choose which one that you want to be. So I was living in the states, so I just chose to stay here. Right on. So yeah, that's interesting, I guess. But yeah, that's cool. I didn't know it worked like that. I know uh, we got a guy at my work right now who's on a. He's on like some kind of card because he's from uh, Liberia, and apparently it gets renewed every like eighteen or nineteen years, and he just had to renew it now. But it's like five hundred dollars, and he's waited like almost six months to get it. And if he doesn't get it, he might get terminated at our job because that's his like his only that's form his green of, card. Yeah, that's his, like yeah. his form of citizenship. I'm like, dude, that's crazy because Liberia's going through all those like you know the crisis now with all the oh, wars yeah, and yeah. stuff going on. He's like, I ain't trying to go back there. <laughs> I was like, I don't blame you, man. Yeah, especially if you've already been here for 20 years, yeah, what, however it's, long it's been, right? Yeah, because he, like, he cl- he doesn't have an accent. He, I mean, obviously, he's got the long dreads and everything. So, I mean, I, if he told me, I had no reason not to believe him. But uh, I just happened to see a tattoo on his arm. It said Liberia. I was like, oh, is that where you're from? And he was like, yeah. So just, that's, that's nuts. Yeah, so I didn't even know it worked like that. But, yeah, he's been on, I guess, a green card or whatever he's been on. It's a 19 or... I don't know. It's a random number amount of years that you get it for, but yeah, after that they uh, they you got to renew it, and it's like five hundred dollars, and apparently it takes four fucking ever. So <laughs> you know, he's just like, all right, he's been waiting for it, but he's been freaking out. So yeah, that's yeah. crazy. So before we get like too much further, you did pronounce your band name before. I still have no idea how to pronounce it. So tell everybody how to pronounce that thing. It looks like Aluka, but we pronounce it Alica. So it, the best way we always tell people is if you think Metallica, take the Met out of it and then just leave Alica. And that's basically how you say it. It, look, it looks like Aluka. And to be honest, I always called it Aluka anyways, but uh, my bassist came up with the name from, okay. uh, I, I can't, I don't know what anime character it's from. But it's from an anime character from one of the shows he really likes. So, and I guess that's how you spell it and pronounce huh. it. So, yeah, he'd be the better one to tell you. Yeah, Chris, uh, Chris knows that, and he's into that stuff, which is cool. I just never really got into it other than like some Dragon Ball stuff back right. in the day. But yeah, that's where it came from. But I guess it's based on it's a girl. That's I. I mean, I'm gonna butcher huh. the meaning behind it. But apparently, it's a girl. And that's all I really know off the name. I'm just trying to think of, of what it might be because I, I usually watch like all of that nonsense. Yeah. I don't have any, I don't have a life. So <laughs> that entertains me pretty good. Um, but yeah, I don't, I'll have to look that up. We'll figure that out Damn. later. That's fine. Yeah. So he just came up with that just well, off we, the whim for the character. Well, we had, uh, we sat there when we were trying to make the name because it was like still in the beginning process, of, like jamming and trying to see what we, if we would even like make a band from it. And uh, after a couple practices with everybody, we were just kind of sitting there and we're like, so we don't have a name and we want to start doing shows because we got a couple songs. What do you want to do? And like everybody went home and like all the stuff sounded like, 
like kind of dumb. I think we, uh, I think I proposed end all be all, and that was just like, I don't know. Looking back, I was really dumb. I was like, that sounds like some, I don't know. It's just too, too cliche kind of deal. Right. So we were like, all right, and we weren't coming up with anything good. Like I'm just bad with titles to begin with. Like that's why I have the time. Like, you know, most of the songs are like one name titles. And, like, I don't know, like, I don't know, just certain stuff. I just can't title. I can write lyrics all day, you know, for certain stuff. But, like, if it comes to a title, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, we, Chris happened to say something that sounded cool. We're like, Alica. We're like, that works for me. And everyone wasn't going to argue it. So we're like, cool. And then we just kept it, and it went from there. But literally everybody we meet, any different venue that we have never played before, it's always, what's up, guys? You're from Aluka, right? Yeah, man. So we're just, uh. So we always get, I always feel bad because I hate correcting people on it because it's like, it looks like a Luca. I mean, it right. really does. Because, I mean, Alec, you, you look for the I, but there's no I. Right. It's the U. So. And a Luca just sounds, I feel like it sounds more metal than Alica. Alica. Yeah. To me, a Luca sounds like a whale. Yeah, that's, yeah, <laughs> like I always thought of like whale. a metal whale uh, just <laughs> destroying everything. Yeah, and, metal whales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, that's how they pronounce it. And I guess that's, yeah, like I wish I could tell you even the name of the anime, but that's where Chris got the idea from. And it's, that's how they pronounce it. And that's how he says it's spelled. So we just went with that. And that works. We like it because, I mean, it gives a good discussion too. I mean, people always bring it up. So we're like, hey, are into like talk to people and right. kind of talk more to them. So. And it, it's it's a unique name too. Yeah, like yeah. you're, that's way better than end all be all on a, just a shirt. Like yeah. that one just looks way more independent. That it's gonna have branding better. The whole line. Oh, yeah. It's definitely helped a lot with conversations. Just like standing out in general too, because you don't see that name a lot. So or I don't think you see the name at all. So I mean, it's just nice for us because it helps us stand out. So. Yeah, that's cool. How did that come together? How did that whole band come together? Um. Well, I was in an old band, Arabella, and uh, when they broke up, uh, I kind of was going through a bunch of shit. Like, my mom was getting ready to pass on because she was having really bad liver issues. Um, the girl I was seeing at the time was cheating on me. Like, it was all fucked up, man. Like, it was a, just a staircase of just everything falling on me. And, like, I was just, it wasn't good for a while. So I was like, man, I got nothing. And uh, so I wanted to do another project, you know, just to try it out. And uh, I wanted it to be a lot heavier. I wanted to be more pissed off. Um, so I was gathering a couple guys together. I don't know if you uh, remember. I, a guy named Jose, uh, he was a, he lives around here. I picked him out because I know he wanted a jam. So I grabbed him, and Jose had a couple guitar buddies. So we would kind of, like, test him out, but none of them were really – it was weird. One guy came in, and it just – I don't know if he was strung out or if he was nervous or what it was, but like I would sit there and try to work with them and just, it just wasn't working, man. So just, <laughs> it, just trial and error for a long time. And right. then Chris and Dave, uh, not, yeah, Chris and Dave, Chris, my bassist, Dave, my guitarist, they were in another band called Skies of Gamora and they were getting okay. ready to uh, leave because they weren't happy where they were. So I grabbed them and was like, if you want to come jam, I mean, just come jam. And I actually even tried out for his other band and uh, they're really, really nice. Just they're uh, they're Christian metal, and that's yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, yeah, they were they were super Christian, and like their lyrics were. And I tried out, and uh, we just I didn't nothing against it at all. But uh, I wanted to come in and write my own lyrics to it because I don't personally I don't like to. I mean, if I had to, I would have learned the lyrics. I would have anyways for the songs, but I just think 
if you want me to get involved in the music and feel it more, like let me write my parts and let me like let me like get into the music myself and yeah, because that's your outlet. Yeah, at that put point, my right? own spin on it. Yeah, so I uh, so I asked that and they were like sure, and then you know um, looking at the lyrics, it was like super like religious stuff, and I don't know anything about it. I've never been religious, didn't grow up that way, and I just never been wanting to know about it. So it's something that I couldn't really get into. So I didn't want to fake it. You know, I don't I don't want to be I don't want to be fake on stage or I don't want to right. fake playing music. So I told them it just wasn't working out. But uh, anyways, they came from that band because they disbanded from there. Um, so we jammed, made a couple songs, um, recorded the five-song uh, EP that we put out called Grievance. Um, and actually, we before that even happened, we got uh, Dante from... Jose knew a guy named Dante uh, who had been playing around here. Called He was in a band called Semper Fi, and okay. he played in a bunch of bands around here. And he was in a band called Gloom, and he still is, but he wanted to do something else, too. So we brought him in. He started writing with us. We had five songs, recorded them, and everything went well. Um, recording kind of went to hell. A bunch of issues with, you know, Jose getting there and just drums and everything. You know, I won't oh, get really? into it. Yeah, just, you know, it just didn't work out. Um, you could just see we were going on different, certain pages of what we wanted to do musically. Um, I think Jose wanted to be more groove and more gent, maybe more rhythmic. And I just wanted to be more angry. Heavy. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to be more pissed. And because uh, that's just how it was. I was going through a bunch of shit. And uh, Arabella was a little bit more melodic, yeah, if I remember right, right? Definitely the, like the metalcore thing, more more riffs, like Kill Switch vibe, Parkway yeah. vibe. Yeah, which was tight. I really love those guys, and I still talk to a lot of them. I think uh, a couple of them are doing cover bands. A lot of the guys, uh, some of them don't do music anymore, but you know, I'm still really good friends with Dave, especially you know, my buddy Diabetic Dave. He's awesome. Yeah. You know, that's dude's like a family member to me. Um, but all the other guys are doing really well too. Um, but yeah, after they disbanded, you know, I just like I said, I want to go heavier, and um, so anyways, yeah. Uh, we just weren't working out with Jose. Things weren't on the same page. So Jose left, and oddly enough, the storage unit that we practice at, um, we practice at the storage mart that's right down the street from here. And uh, <laughs> our buddy Danny was in a band who was practicing upstairs, and come to find out his band was getting ready to break up, and word on the street was they were getting ready to disband. So I was like, all right. And he was like a fan of old school death metal. So, so that works out. Yeah. So I was like, man, it just fell into place how that worked out. So he literally just went from upstairs to downstairs and just started practicing <laughs> with us. And we finished up writing nine songs within about a four or five month period. And then we just tracked them and recorded them out. And uh, it's not really Frederick, Maryland. It's uh up near like Hagerstown, I want to say it was way up like north. Cumberland. Yeah, up. Uh, yeah, like way up there okay. with with uh, Anoop Sastry. Um, he's uh, played in Intervals, and uh, he did. Uh, the t he's the touring drummer for Marty Freeman from Megadeth. Cool. So he's uh, he was really really good to us, man. He's awesome. So he recorded it, and uh, we had it mastered in Australia from a guy named Urban Harmadovic. I don't want to. I think that's his. Line. I butchered it probably, but. Uh, <laughs> It'll be all right. Yeah. We'll apologize later. Yeah, yeah, but he was he he came in and he really did a good job on it, man. He uh he did the two periphery albums. He did I okay. think yeah he did was it Alpha and Omega or no it was it was, I don't know like I said I feel bad because I don't really listen to periphery a lot either. <laughs> but he did two uh, prior periphery albums. He did the 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 two periphery albums that were like like the double yeah yeah the double ones yeah cool. And then he did a bunch of like grindcore and death 
death metal band so we're like all right cool go yeah with him. i mean that that works out yeah. great for yeah. what you guys are doing then right yeah yeah it worked out and he really did a good job and like i said we're sitting on the album we got an album art we're getting made now and we're just kind of waiting for it to be released because we want to want to do a few more tours then we kind of want to shop it out to a couple labels see if they like it and hopefully if that works out then you know we can distribute it through a label and do yeah. that cool thing instead of doing it independently we want right. to do it yeah we want to give it some more time but it's all done so i mean it's just the the thing that sucks is just waiting on it you know because it's been done for almost two and a yeah, half months you, now you guys are playing these songs live We're, you're playing these songs out getting the sets out but yeah. you don't really have anything yeah. recorded outside of grievance yeah which was what two that was almost two years ago right yeah. and yeah and yeah we play a hand we don't out of nine songs i think we play two or three new ones just to keep the set kind of fresh for ourselves and for listeners because we can be like hey these are new songs that are coming out you know even though they might not have actual recording of it we play pretty much all a grievance every set cool but then we uh we play like one or two or even three depending upon how long our set time is just to give people a feel for what the new sound's going to be like so awesome so is this your second band then or is, how many like where I, did it start for you Let's go there. I, I guess it? it is kind of like the second serious band. Like, I kind of jammed with a couple guys in the past and stuff. Um, but this is really like the second serious band I've been in because I did like punk stuff. Like, we really didn't play it. Like, when my brother's place around the corner was up and running, like, like I would go there and like we would talk about it, like, with my buddies who we would jam with. But nobody was ever serious enough to actually want to sit down and play, sh like, actually write. Right. We more or less jammed like cover songs of like, punk songs and stuff that we thought was cool but never wrote anything never really had uh the chance to do it until my one band arabella got together and i actually played bass for that band at first and it just so happened i fell into like doing the screaming thing for it so worked out and started playing shows doing that so so since then i've been and that was almost eight nine years ago now yeah yeah because arab i was I'm 28 now, and I remember being in Arabella when I wasn't even legally allowed to drink, and we'd go to Memories, and we'd get beer <laughs> tickets and shit. And they were like, hey, if you want a beer, go ahead and have a beer. I'm like, all right. So, I kind of missed that place only because it, it provided a, another outlet for people to play at. Dude, there's nothing around here. No. Now. Um, it's it's pretty disappointing. Um, there's So there's a place down in Callaway, so down in St. Mary's yeah. now that is doing stuff. Uh, called Five South. They're they're doing a whole bunch of stuff. They just had a local show there a couple weeks ago. Really? Yeah. So I went there, and to your point, so Arabella eight nine years ago, right? Yeah. So all the bands that played that show, I booked them a decade ago. No shit. When they were in high school, so I saw literally all of those Everybody. bands. Yeah. That's tight. Yeah, so I felt like a super old man going in there <laughs> and seeing, like, all the kids growing up still playing the same music. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that, that was that was pretty crazy. Um, who played there? So Coast is Clear played there. Okay, um, yeah, we did a show with them at Fishhead Cantina. Yeah, so they're they're right over in Huntingtown. Yeah, um, yeah, they're nice dudes, too. Yeah. The So I guess they're... Three of their members I booked forever ago at the Lusby um, Rec Center. What? And that, which is crazy. So <laughs> I, I've seen their guitarist, Brian, a couple times throughout town. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. And then I'm looking at the lead singer, and I'm just like, I know that face. You. I yeah, know where you. have I seen that face? 
And then I finally remembered the band name, and I was like, oh, yeah, you guys played together. This was oh, yeah. So, and then seeing just everybody there just really brought me back to, like, what I was doing years 10 ago. years ago. Yeah. Which is insane, because I've known, like, Diabetic Dave, I've known him years. for a decade yeah. at least. Because he was playing in bands way, way before even getting with you, right? Yeah, he was in, I, I want to say, three or four, maybe even more bands than that. Because that's how we met, through just playing shows. And I'd go to, to my brother's place and talk to him. And then when uh, me and him got to talking, I just went to one of his old band practices before Arabella was even formed. The band called Goddess a Cowboy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and uh so i went there to watch them practice and we just hit it off becoming friends and just kept hanging out with them more and more and i like i said i didn't really do much music stuff other than jamming with a couple buddies but he invited me to come jam and they needed a bass player so i had bass stuff got some bass stuff started doing that and then i started screaming and then got us a cowboy became arabella and that's how it just all formed together and that's then a we, nifty little formation yeah dude it was crazy and then after that, yeah, we played, and Arabella was almost five or six years running straight. Yeah, yeah and it was good, man. Because you guys actually were able to play out quite a bit. Yeah, we did constant shows, but with that came not writing a whole lot either. We had one album that we did that was seven songs. That was called Through the Motions, and then and actually Mike recorded it. And then, and then what was it? We did a single called Old Beginnings, and he recorded that too. And... uh <laughs> Then after that, um, that was really it. We had like four or five other songs, but we never recorded them. But that's, you know, seven songs and then four more songs within almost a six-year span, you know. It's not not a lot of writing. It's more or less we were just constantly doing shows, which was tight. You know, we got to travel a lot and do a bunch of shows, but it would have been nice to record some of the older songs just to have it just on, you know, on recording. But right. it is what it is. Well, do you think that's also what kind of stalled that band out a little bit too? Yeah, I feel like it's probably what it was too. That and the fact that a lot of us, like a lot of the guys were getting girlfriends and just, I mean, being in metal, ma'am, you don't make a lot of money. And like, you could clearly tell from all the traveling that we were doing and just all the shows, you know, pay-to-play shows and we were just going broke and we didn't want to do it a lot of the guys didn't and i don't blame them you know you know at, at first i kind of took it personally because i you know i i really wanted it to work out but you know after time you just kind of like you know i don't blame them anymore you know you yeah. can't they wanted to do something different with their life and can't be mad at somebody for that for wanting to be happy doing something else you know just just different path that you want to do and i like i said i some of the guys playing a cover band now, which is tight, you know, more power to them. They get to play on the weekends and still play music. Some don't, but, you know, I, I didn't want to give music up just yet. So that's why I wanted to keep grinding and being a broke musician and, <laughs> and do heavy stuff. And it's, I guess it's even harder now because I've, I've put myself in an even harder genre to kind of get out there. But it's it's been really lucky. I've I got a group of guys right now that are really, really, you know, And it dedicated. seems like you've also developed a pretty decent niche for what you're doing yeah. a good following because I, I see you guys all over the place now yeah we're doing a lot of things it, it also helps that i think heavy music is starting to get like really popular again like kids are like starting to like slam like i i don't really know that what slam is or i just know it's really really fucking heavy music and they you know sound like a fucking toilet bowl and I can't do that shit, but right, I just, like tough guy, hardcore, the, whatever, yeah, yeah. Like the hardcore kids love like that shit, and then like the slam kids come in with. They look like the hardcore kids too. They got the uh, the snapback hats with the spiderweb font that you can't read, and <laughs> yeah, they they come in and then they just hate mosh on kids and shit. It's a, uh, 
I mean, but those kids come out to the shows and they support it. So I mean, that's that's cool with me, man. I mean, whatever your style is, whatever you like, just, whatever uh, gets your release. Yeah, you know? dude. Yeah, well, you do get those. It also sucks too because you do get the elitist kids. I mean, we played, we played at Ramshead uh, about a year and a half ago for the Summer Slaughter uh, tour, yeah. and we opened at Ramshead for Cannibal Corpse, and Cannibal Corpse is fucking, you know, it's fucking Cannibal Corpse. Right. It's tight, and we opened up for them, but like. We're at the time we weren't really like transitioning into death metal yet. We were still writing, we were still playing mainly grievance stuff, which is more. I don't even know what you count. It's like it's heavy, but it's not like death metal. It's like death core, I guess. You yeah, it's like yeah. Because I was I was listening to it today, trying to remember everything that it sounded like. Because you had a little bit of leads in there, a lot of that that choppy. Dun, dun, yeah, yeah. Dun. So it's like more of a death core album than anything else, I think. But like. You go to a death metal show that's like clearly old school death metal, and you try to play deathcore. Those kids like stare you down, <laughs> and it's rough, man. Like you can't like. I almost didn't even want to. I didn't want to even be facing them. It was so intimidating. Really? Yeah, and it kind of sucked. But I mean, we did it. It was a good time. You know, all the guys were really really nice to us. But like, you know, just walking down the 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 hallway of Ramset onto the stage before you go out. And like nine of like the ten drummers are already in their click tracks practicing on their pads, and it's only two in the afternoon, and they don't play for another five hours, and they're just sitting there like robots, just getting it done. And I'm like, man, this is this is intimidating as shit. Right, for all these that guys. Is, we are in the, we are out of our league. Yeah, we are way like, out of our depth here, dude. And like super nice, like super super nice, but like some of them clearly didn't want to be talked to. Like, what was it? The one guy. Uh, I don't even know what band he was in, but he was practicing. He took his headphones off. And I was like, I was just trying to start a conversation. I was like, dude, you're a machine. And he just kind of looked at me. And he didn't say nothing. And I'm like, well, all right, cool. And I just kept walking. I'm like, well, this is how this conversation's going. But but just stuff like that. I'm like, you don't want to be talked to. So I left him alone. But cool So man. between uh, Arabella and... Alica. I'm gonna yeah, yeah. Alica. I'm gonna try uh, and get good. this right because I want to say Aluka. You can say Aluka. Uh, I know what you mean. <laughs> so what's a what's a show that you guys have played or that you have played that's really like been impactful for you or maybe stood out for you? Um, there's a couple that have like really uh, impact. Oh, well, a couple that have stood out when we were when we were down in Florida. We were doing a short run last year with a band called Nomadic. And uh, we were in Florida at a place called Uncle Lou's, and uh, we had no idea what it was. So Uncle Lou, it just says Uncle Lou's on the tour flyer. So we we have the address and we're going. And uh, so we get there, and it literally, I mean, it looks like it doesn't even look like a venue. It's apparently a bar, but you get there and we parked on the side. It's in like the city of, I think it's in. I don't know what city of Florida it was in. I think it was Tampa. I think. I don't want to butcher it. But we were, anyways, we were in Florida and we park and we get in and it's a bar, but it's a bar that maybe holds 60 people max. And then when we go to the health inspection paper that says like max capacity, 42 people are allowed to That's be in. That's not safe. No, no. And it's like super sketch. And I'm like, well, where's, where, where do we? where do we play and the bartender just points at the wall with two little speakers <laughs> and a microphone at, and you know into the one um into the wow. speaker and uh i'm like all right cool and you know nomadics from florida so they were like trying to give us like warning they're like it's a diy show you know these shows are fun but just watch yourself um and they were like don't hold the mic to your lips 
because apparently there was an issue with the speaker and the electricity with the microphone. So last time, I guess somebody got electrocuted and had to be hospitalized for it. So I'm having to hold this microphone like like Amy Lee doing an acoustic set just <laughs> way away from my mouth, just super yelling, looking like an idiot. And uh, But like kids came out and no, like, no one got hurt. It was fun. Uh, one guy did get hurt. I will take that back. <laughs> there was a guy who was there when we first got there, old white guy, and he'd been drinking all day. You could clearly tell. And he got into a fight with the bartender. Um, and so I guess one of the bouncers had thrown him out. It's actually on YouTube. If uh, we did That's it like a, we did a tour documentary, and it's actually one of the scenes in there. He broke a bottle. And so we're playing, and he's, like, moshing with a broom and mop, trying to mop up the shit. <laughs> it's retarded. And uh, so I guess he does that. He throw, he get, puts the broom and stuff away, and then he goes outside and gets into it with the bouncer. Well, we got a big white van and a trailer. Well, I guess he gets into it with the bouncer. Bouncer takes bottle, cracks dude upside his head, knocks what? him out. Yeah, and so dude gets up. I get well, this is all while we're going like doing our set too. Like we didn't wow, know about okay. this until we got done. So we walk outside and we see a big old bloody handprint that slides down pretty much our whole van. And I'm like, what? What? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the bouncer's like, oh, I just notched. I cracked someone's head. Uh, he's good now. He walked down the road. Like, dude, now apparently you just have a new paint job. Yeah, dude, like. <laughs> Dude apparently cracked this dude in the head. His head was bleeding, and then when he picked himself up, he like scraped his hands up from yeah. the glass and used our van as leverage to get that's up. That's crazy. So uh, I'm like, cool. So that's that was really awesome because luckily it rains in Florida all the time. Because <laughs> for about two hours after the show was done, we we're driving down Florida to the next gig with just covered in blood, like like just <laughs> all, blood all running down the side of the. Uh, the van, and of course, the side door doesn't open because the handle right. handle had broken off. So it like looks super sketch that the one handle of the door doesn't work, and then there's blood on the side. You're, you're already in a white van with oh, like dude. little windows, dude. Dudes covered in tattoos and like just looking homeless because we were doing a couple. We were already a couple days into the tour and we hadn't showered, so we looked greasy and gross. Yeah, and it smelled fucking awful because. It's Florida. Uh, yeah. It's well, our, well and... our merch guy, our merch guy was Jesse. He's really awesome, but he decided to eat like chunky beef stew, like the beef soups in Why? a can, out of the can. <laughs> like it was fucking awful. <laughs> and like, I drove most of the tour, and like you could clearly, like, dude, he would sit in the back, and you could smell that from the front. It was so potent. I'm like, dude, smell like dog food, like wet dog yeah, food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, it smelled like straight shit. And then of course he was like fucking shit in his pants the whole time on the fucking <laughs> anywhere we were going and we we're in florida like it was actually around this time we went and it's like 70 75 degrees in florida right yeah because it doesn't ever really cool down yeah and it's just hot flatulent cloud van <laughs> that we're fucking driving in that smells like beef stew yeah, it was awful so that one was that's a great mix yeah that was that was one was really memorable and then recently we did a show in uh delaware uh wilmington delaware at a bar called bar 13 and we'd okay. never been there before and it wasn't nothing really crazy happened, but it was just a nice show because nobody knew who we were, and it was just like it was a packed show, and we were like, you know, nobody knows the. It's a all local show too, and it was really cool, and uh, we're like, damn, people are actually gonna like, if you know, we never been here, and people are actually gonna watch us. It's kind of cool, and that's not gonna be like five people. It's gonna be like fifty people, and uh, it was pretty cool. It's a little tiny bar, but it's tight, got a stage and everything, and uh, 
we ended up playing and like midway through the set you could just like you could clearly tell anybody who was outside was coming in because they were, apparently word of mouth got around that they that's were like that's gotta Yo. be a good feeling yeah it was a super cool feeling because when we first played you know when we first started the set we had it was an eight song set and when we started playing I'd probably say maybe 30 kids were in the little part of the bar where the stage mm-hmm. was. By the end of it, we had the whole bar. Even the bartenders came over to like kind of be like, what the fuck is this? And it was really cool, just like cool feeling that we're actually doing something, you know? Yeah. And we actually got invited back at the end of this month, and we're actually headlining the show now. So it's pretty cool. That's amazing. Yeah, so it that was two really memorable ones right now off the top of my head. I always drove past that because I, I would use that route um, to go up to Philadelphia. So you really? go, yeah. You go like across the Bay Bridge and then just take Delaware almost all the way up, and then you just finally hit Philadelphia. So, yeah, we saw a lot of signs for when we were driving up, yeah. So, that's that's cool, yeah, man. It was, I'd actually, it kind of confused us at first, but I guess it made sense because when we were there, it was right before the Super Bowl, too. So, like, everybody was decked out in Eagles gear. Like we're in Delaware, and everybody's like, "Well, Philadelphia is right, you know, like right, right it's there. right there." I was like, yeah. oh, okay, I got you. Makes sense. So, so yeah, yeah. My sister went to the Art Institute um, of Philadelphia, I think. Yeah, our University of Arts, no, Art Institute, did fashion stuff up there, whatever. But she would, uh, when she got out of school, she went back to to work up there for a little bit, but was living in Wilmington. Right on. So she would just not have to be in the actual philadelphia city yeah which sucks and then <laughs> travel through there but now she's in like a suburb of it um which is a pretty cool place i got a couple friends up there i like philadelphia okay but it's not your place yeah nah i, I also imagine. hate i think most of the people that are up there as far as any sports teams oh yeah they're all terrible oh, yeah, i think that's every, like nationwide everybody thinks eagles like not just eagles but like philadelphia fans in general are just all yeah. like uh pennsylvania fans well they don't think like philadelphia fans throw batteries at people so <laughs> what yeah if, if you've never like heard this story like philadelphia football fans are the trashiest of trash. Oh, right on. Get drunk <laughs> as all get out, and then we'll throw batteries at other fans. Dude, that sucks. So, that ain't cool. No, I don't know how you pre-plan that either. Like, the, why do you have a pocket full of batteries? They're just ready to roll at any given moment. Right. Like, all like right. That, yeah, that doesn't, that never made any sense to me. So, yeah, but that's, that's Philadelphia. And I really, really don't like that place. Sorry, Philadelphia. Um, <laughs> So before, so you're going to Canada. Uh, you said April, June. We're going June, there, okay. There in June, yeah. Then April, we have a music video shoot. We're shooting a video for one of the songs. I think we're shooting the video for either Catharsis or Deprivation, one or the other. Okay. But um, yeah, those are the two songs that we're up in the air for doing. I think it's going to be the song Catharsis, which will be probably the single off the album. But uh, we're going to go up to Pennsylvania <laughs> and shoot. Uh, what you call it? Chris has got us a good cinematographer that's friends with him. I couldn't tell you his name, but we're just now starting to get in contact with him. So he's setting location and getting a budget and everything worked out for us so we can go up there and do it. But that's the 27th of April. And then, yeah, we're doing one show at the early, uh, early that month that uh, vapes that cloud house out in Gainesville, Virginia. Okay. That's a new uh, venue, I guess out in Virginia. Um, I never been to it, but I heard it's pretty cool. They got they got bands like Kublai Khan came through there, no Zodiac. Cool. 
So I've never been, but I heard it's pretty cool. So nice give it a shot. Yeah, it'd be our first time playing there. So yeah, and so we were talking a little bit how how you've played out a lot of places. Um, does it make you a little bit sad that you can't really like play your hometown too much? It's good and bad. Um, I really like the fact that we get to play out of state so often because I mean there really isn't much in Maryland unless we get. I mean because we played uh, a place called Cafe Six Eleven in Frederick. Mm-hmm. And we consider that a local show, pretty much, and that's pretty sad because you know from where we're at in Waldorf here it's to Frederick, two hours. it's almost two hours. You yeah. know, it's like way up north, and like that's pretty ridiculous to be like that's our local show. Like two hours away is your local show. You'd think it'd be that or Baltimore. If we get to play Soundstage, that's considered a local show too. But like if we go anything local, it's pretty much it's Baltimore anymore. There's nothing in Waldorf unless we play cover music, and you know it just sucks. But it will be cool to play more shows out here. We actually, actually, I'll get to that in a sec. But yeah, it's it's cool that we can play out of state so often because it it helps you know grow the name, grow the brand, and the band and everything. So that's that's pretty awesome. But it it does suck because I mean like when we had that bar memories, I mean we could play pretty much any other week there, and it was right. a good time. Kids would come out, might not make any money off of, but it was good just to play locally and just have a good night. But um, we tried to do a show before. Um, before Danny was even in the band as our drummer, he was in his old band, and they had booked a show at Hotel Charles. Yeah, okay. And it was a big metal show. And oddly enough, it was on April fucking Fools. And apparently everything was set, everything was ready to go, so we get there, and the owner, I guess it said he's got everything covered for us. Well, we get there, and nothing was covered. Uh, no sound, no, no lights, sound, no, no nothing. nothing. So he's like, yeah, uh, don't know what to tell you guys. Well, none of us had anything, like nothing big enough to run sound for a show like that. You right. Know? So we had to cancel it that like two hours before the show started. And mind you, it's April Fool's. Shit. So like, you know, it's our one chance to like do a metal show. And we're all like, and we had a band actually come from like Elkton, Maryland, like yeah. way up there. And they were, they were really nice because like. You could definitely tell they were kind of blown because they brought a van and trailer with them, like a rental U-Haul trailer, and I felt really bad for that. But you know, luckily I didn't book it, so I was like, yeah, right, 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 right. But uh, no, that's fucked up. But uh, no, it was just really bad because it kind of sucked because it was our like our one shot to get everything organized. It just fell through, and that kind of like made everybody discouraged to like even try to do another metal show. And there really hasn't been another shot around this area to try and make one since but it just sucked having to go hey guys the show's canceled well it's april 1st and everyone's like yeah we get it we'll april's be, full yeah, we'll, so we'll, no one's taking it serious yeah they're like we'll be up there soon like no we're it's really canceled well we get it we it's a funny joke haha fun. no really it's fucking canceled like, like you'll you'll show up and yeah, no one will be there no one will be there yeah oh so. man yeah that that stinks man yeah dude it was it was pretty shitty but i mean Worked itself out. We ended up actually going back to Danny's house and having some beers and everything. So that was cool. But yeah, yeah I mean, it does suck, though, not having like a local area show to play because, you know, this this area isn't like a metal scene. It's 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 more a country kind of like, I guess I don't well, I don't really go out, so I don't really know what it is. But I know right. a lot of cover bands play out here. And yeah, it's it's interesting. So like this area um you know for me doing it 10 11 years ago it's the same people that are doing all the the same kind of bands mm-hmm. so you have your couple you know pop punk or punk bands you have your 
two that are like anomalies that they're doing just whatever the hell they yeah. want to do. Uh, and then you have just some of the metal stuff in there here and there, but it's it's so tough to be able to bring that stuff together and there's no real like center location anymore. No. So it kind of like it it kind of blows the whole having a hometown even community anymore. So and that's that's what I, I feel like for for you, you've been able to kind of overcome that and get into successful bands without having really a home base. Yeah, it's well, it also helps having a good like I said, the guys in Alica are really like dedicated, man. Like they like I didn't know how it was gonna be. You know, I was you know I was with Arabella for five six years, so like getting into something new, you're always worried because I was like, well, what's gonna happen with this project? I don't know. Am I gonna take it seriously? Like how serious are these people gonna be? And it just happened the way it did, and luckily all the guys are on board, and they're all serious, and like, luckily everything's falling into place, and, you know, like, even though we haven't played a lot of, we might have played in the past, two, like, when I was in Arabella, we played pretty much, like, Memories or a Maryland show pretty much every other week. Like, there was tons of local shows right. we did. I think with Alica, I've, in the two and a half years we've been together, I think maybe, maybe ten shows in Maryland. Like around Waldorf, at least, and that includes like Baltimore too. We've done a couple sound state. I wouldn't say ten, maybe a little over a dozen. But I mean, that's you know, we've done probably over a hundred plus shows in the past, you know, yeah, you know, two and a half years. So I mean, to say we've only done you know fifteen to like you know, twelve to like fifteen shows in Maryland is like just crazy locally, I should say. Yeah, but. I mean, it's worked out. So I mean, it, we it, it just it just helps, you know. It helps we have good team and we have people that still come out and actually like the music too. Yeah, <laughs> it would so, kind of suck if they were just like, yeah, these guys fucking blow. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, when you were first starting out, even with Arabella or Alica, um, who was doing the booking for you? Were you helping with a lot of that stuff? Because you helped promote most of it too, yeah, right? Yeah, a lot of it was me um, and Arabella. Most a lot of it was Dave too. Um, like. Dave did a lot of the booking. Um, towards the end, it was a lot of me, because because I like. I mean, I actually like doing the book work and stuff. Like I, I don't want mean to like make it sound like a control freak thing, but I like just, I like doing things my way because I know I'll at least try and get it done the right way. Mm -hmm. It might not be, I might not know how to do something, but I'm at least gonna try to make it the right way. And just with booking and stuff like that, it it just how it fell into place. And then with Alica. It's another thing with uh, me and you know me and this other Dave. Dave does a lot of the booking too. Dave has the contacts for like the sound stage shows, like the big stages for us. Um, I'll do a couple like DIY shows here and there, but it's gotten to the point now where we're lucky enough to where with CB Entertainment that we've signed with, like he gets show offers for us a lot now that we've either turned down or get. Or Dave or one of us just gets a message half the time. And they're just like, hey, we're looking for a local opener. We heard you guys are. Uh, you know, a, a popular band in the area would like to have you on the show. So we get offers a lot more than having to look right now, which is nice because it beats having to do the, you know, the busy work of the, you know, the work and trying to find a show. Uh, blasting out emails, trying to do all yeah. that, trying to hope that you get some kind of guarantee. Oh, because half the time, nobody even responds to that shit, man. I yeah. tried. When we first started, I was emailing people left and right, and I might have gotten out of 30 emails, maybe two back from people going, yeah, pay to play or like door split, which, you know. It is what it is because we didn't have a name, or we—I mean, we still really don't. We're still building, but at the time, we really didn't have anything to go off of. So, no guarantee, no nothing. And then, 
you know, just is how it is. But luckily, it's, it's built up now in the past two and a half years to where we've been lucky enough to be able to just hop on shows, you know. And luckily, the guys are able to do a lot of last-minute stuff, too, because a lot of shows come last-minute, and, you know, they're just like, hey, we need a band real quick. You willing to? No no pre-sales, no nothing. We're like, all right, cool, so we'll take it. Yeah. And uh, so that's just kind of how it falls into place now with us, at least. So That's good. I mean, how do you – so last-minute shows, all that good stuff – touring all of that how do you even balance that out with your actual like real life quote unquote that's tough uh it does suck because man it's uh it's not really it doesn't really suck for me because i guess i have it i have it pretty set up pretty well because i don't i'm single you know i live with my brother um you know, I got bills and stuff like that, but I have a decent job right now. And I've been there, like, I've been with, you know, my Dollar General company for 10 years. So I get paid decent. And, you know, I've, I've built up enough seniority with my job to where they've already told me I can leave. You know, I can take a leave of absence and I'll come back. I might not have my job, but they'll at least put me in different stores to where I can have my full 40 like I get. And uh, so that so that's nice. I have that perk. And, you know, not a lot of people get that. And some of the guys, you know, other guys in the band have girlfriends or, you know, uh, I think Dante's married. You know, he has a kid. You know, Chris has a kid. So they have to balance their money a lot harder, a uh, lot. You know, they got to be a lot more organized. And it's kind of hard to balance that because, you know, I, I, don't, I don't get in their personal life with their money and all that stuff. You know, I just hope they're ready when the time comes. But most of the guys are fairly organized in that aspect. Like me, Dave, and Danny don't date anybody. <laughs> uh, we're, we're just single. And, uh, yeah. You're saying that as a positive. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a positive thing because, I mean, <laughs> you have, like, you know, because if you got priorities, you know, with your girlfriend or if you got a kid or if you have a family or whatever it may be, you know, like, you know, I know a lot of guys, like, especially our age, if they're dating somebody, normally they're living with them, so they have house expenditures yeah. and everything else. So just, like, you know, I have the same thing. I just don't have somebody else there with me, and my brother takes care of himself, so it's not, you know, an issue really. So, so you're able to just pick up and go. Do yeah, what, I'm paying. Do what you pick need. up, go, and roll. You know, if I because you know if he falls down, I pick up the slack. If I, you know, if I have to leave for tour, and I'm like, hey man, you know, might have to pick up a little bit more on this electrical bill, or you know, be there, which I've done plenty of times for him. You know, be like, all right, I got gotcha. you, because he has a good, you know, he has a decent job. Right. Uh, GameStop. You know, he works at the GameStop and stuff. So the actual like. With the other members having lives and all that, does it put any more pressure on you guys to be more successful? It, not really, because we kind of like we take it. We don't really look at it like that. Um, it it makes us nervous because we really like you know we like playing as a full band. Like I think we're really because we played as a four piece before. Like and most of the time Dante has to you know because Dante's in another band. He has a kid. He has a wife. He has an apartment in D.C. Mm-hmm. That's not cheap. So if Dante, most of the time, if Dante can't make it, you know, we'll play a man down. But we have a backing track that we can play now, especially with the new songs that has a rhythm guitar, just in case Dave can't, you know, because Dave, cool, does, okay. Dave does a lot of the leads, and it's hard to, uh, I don't, unless he has a loop station, you know, which he could, you know, get. But um, that just makes it way more complicated. Yeah, than what just it needs a, to be. a lot more stuff that you don't really need. So we had a backing track for rhythm guitar for certain stuff. You know, it, it makes things a lot simpler and. But everybody else seems to be pretty much on the same page, and even Dante is. Just you know, sometimes it's just kind of the the way it falls into place. You know, if you go on the road, especially with as many shows as we're getting now, you're gonna have to kind of you know realize somebody might not be able to make it because they can't afford to. You know, right. we're gonna eat shit on the road. We're not gonna get big guarantees yet. And even then, even if we were to get you know on the road constantly and get those good guarantees, it's hard to balance that money while you're on the road. Because I mean, 
got to eat and hopefully hopefully if it's in your rider that you have food at the end of the night you want to spend money on food but whatever expenditures you get you know if the van breaks down you know that's out of your money that you could be making it's just a lot of shit you know so i I don't think it really holds up with the success because i think we still we still you know play just as hard if we play a man down or whatever it might be just you know if somebody can't make it we just we keep trucking on that's good Uh, yeah we try to Well, that's good. So we talked a little bit, um, you mentioned it, um, because I want to make sure that I talk about that for that, the grievance record. So you're going through a, definitely a little bit of a rough patch. Oh yeah. To say the least, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, That was a shit time, man. So how did that affect that record? And then moving forward with Alica itself, I mean, does that come out still a lot for you? Is that how you can at least kind of get some of those feelings out? Yeah, that's... I mean, Alec is like my therapy, to be honest. It's it's definitely a good outlet for me. Um, like I said, when I wrote Grievance, a lot of the songs, um, especially the song Morning Whiskey, um, I wrote that about my mom, who I would, uh, who I'd find passed out of the table at nighttime and in the day. I had to carry her and put her in bed, and you know, essentially she died of cirrhosis of the liver, you know, from drinking excessively. Couldn't save her, you know. I mean, it is what it is. So just going through that, um. That was just therapeutic for me because I was able to write those lyrics to that song and it was able to help me get through that time. Um, a couple others, like the self-titled song Grievance was uh, written about a bunch of shit I was going through. Like like my ex was just fucking awful to me and uh, cheating and all that fun stuff. And just you, you find out when you go through a rough patch who your real friends are, like who's going to actually be around. You know, like I remember especially, you know, Dave from Arabella, like the night my mom died. David left my house and uh you know he had work the next morning he had work at like fucking five in the morning and he left my house at like one in the morning and my dad called me and you know because my mother was in hospice and he called me at like two and Mm. uh he was like hey you know he didn't know what to say and he was like your mom's gone I don't know what to say I'm about to cry I gotta get off the phone I'm like tight so after that phone call you know you just sit in your room and what do you do you you ain't got what do you do it's a tough moment it's a hard phone call, so I called Dave, and I'm sitting there basically crying. I'm like, hey, man, mom, gone. I don't know. And he's like, all right, I'll be right there. And he just showed right back up, man. He stayed with me for two or three days. You know, he called out of work and everything. That's it, amazing. Yeah, dude, he was, like I said, he was a super good friend during that time, man. And he, he still is, but, you know, just you find out really quickly when you go through a rough patch and ain't got nothing who your real friends are, man. And that's, that's one thing I wrote about on the new album you know because i was going still going through a bunch of shit you know i lost um i had lost a really good friend recently his name was josh nicely he died um a while back he uh he was having he had cancer and everything like that and i don't think the cancer had killed him i believe it was a brain aneurysm when he was in the hospital and he was he was our age you know he was only 28 man and uh you know that just sucked because you know i i feel bad because um I really wasn't there for him, and that's one of the a lot of the songs that I wrote about. Um, just going through my own personal bullshit, you know. I was still not healing the way I thought I should from everything I had going on. So, with that being said, it kind of hurt my relationships with my friends because I was so focused on my own therapy and music and trying to make myself better that I kind of blocked everybody else out. And uh, when he died, it kind of really fucked me up because. It, it was a bad thing because he was a really close friend like how Dave is. And mm-hmm. a lot of people, you know, a lot of people looked at me really bad because of that. You know, they were like, you weren't around. And I, to be honest, I really wasn't, you know. And I had reached out to him, but it was, 
you know, when he was going through his chemo and stuff like that. And he didn't want to talk, and I don't blame him at all. But I should have definitely tried more and just almost like force my way to just like right. be like, yo, you're going to fucking <laughs> be my friend. Like, but I didn't. I just backed off because that's just how I, you know, if I get angry or get upset, you know, if somebody checks on me, I'm cool with it. But just give me my space. And that's, I didn't, you know, I didn't just push, you know, like yeah. I should have. But that's where a couple of the songs came from, from that instance. And just, yeah, it's, it's, that's where grievance was and that's what kind of became this new album what it is now just um i was going through a bunch of shit and then just like writing everything out that i had um for this new full length that's just how it all worked itself out in what it became because i was just like man i'm going through some shit my friend's gone and like i just don't know how to deal with my stuff and like life sucks sometimes and my job sucks and like yeah. people suck and just like I just wrote it all out, and I was like, here you go. And we came up with that. And luckily, not luckily, but I guess I should say everybody in Alica was going through some shit at the time. Like, whether it be a breakup or, like, just stuff at home or, like, whatever it may be. Like, everybody in that band had some shit going on. And we were all frustrated. And ready to just release. Yeah, yeah. It was just this one big pissed off cloud that just hovered in the practice uh, space whenever we'd get together for, like, four months and it was almost awkward to be in there sometimes. You, like, almost hated to be in there because it was, like, like this is supposed to be my therapy, and I fucking hate this place. Like, <laughs> I fucking hate you guys. Like, and we were just bumping heads all the time, you know, whether somebody wasn't there or somebody was missing a show or whatever it might have been. But luckily, we all cracked down. We came together, and we got it all sorted out, and we made the album. And since then, it's been smooth sailing. I think we actually needed that. You know, I think that's... I, I, it's going to be like the artistic side of me and like <laughs> that like i think you needed everybody to like be like that in order to make something that is this new album because you right. can like there was no we don't have like i mean we have backing tracks for live stuff if we need it but like everything was organic in that drums are live everything is live i sat there and yelled my ass off for you know you know it was a two or three week uh, course uh, in between so i mean every time i was in there i mean i was in there in a booth just screaming my ass off and just trying to get everything I needed out. And Anoop will push your ass. Like, he didn't even have to say anything. He just, all right, take it again. And he just, you're just intimidated by somebody, like, who's done it and knows his shit. So you just want to always perform to the best of your ability around him. So I just, I try to do what I could. And, like, I think we got something really good out of it from that that at least captured, like, everybody's emotion in the album. Like, you could really, like, per, like, I can listen to it and go, damn, I like I'm just so anal about my music anyway. So I right. can like hear certain stuff I would like just based on how I yell it, I'm like, damn, I could really tell like what I was going through that day. And it was just kinda cool, like in that aspect. Yeah, that's it, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So it kinda captures everything and I hope hopefully when it's released people dig that and think it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited about it now. Thanks, so man. that I, I've always been like happy with ever since that I saw you with Arabella. I've always been happy with all the music that you're doing. So yeah, yeah. I'm stoked that you're able to get a lot of this stuff out, and we'll be able to hear that with the music that's coming out. Thanks, man. So yeah. I'm I'm really excited about that. Thanks, man. So for you, you have all the the intensity of Alica. You have the shit work pretty much because yeah. that that's retail. That's how that works. I'm oh, yeah. I'm in it right with you. How do you unwind? How do you like disengage yourself and get your perspective back? Beer, beer. <laughs> no, so, uh, sometimes beer. Um, to be honest, it's 
it kind of doesn't go well writing i guess but yeah like i said i my brother and me work complete opposite shifts i work morning he works nights so we really don't see each other too much so when i go home like i have my dog like i hang out with my dog and like i'll sit there and watch tv but that's like the therapy that i get to kind of unwind and most i'll have like a drink to that or just like that moment that you get like I always try to take a few minutes out before I go to work, like at my house where it's like early in the morning, nobody's around me. And I just sit there and I just drink coffee because I love coffee. So I'll just sit there and just have nothing on. And I'll just kind of chill and just relax for a minute and just kind of like think about the day. So that's, that's kind of the therapeutic side of that without, you know, music or anything like that's kind of like how I unwind a little bit before I go yeah. and deal with the stress of work and retail thing. Just you know. try and decompress. Yeah, you try and stop for what's, a second. What's going to happen today? <laughs> what are people going to throw at my head today while I work or you know whatever it might be, but yeah, um just that. I really I really love stand-up comedy too. I love that dry like stand-up shit, so I love watching like that and like that definitely helps cuz I love really fucked up humor and like that stuff's awesome. So So I um down in Callaway. Mhm. At that Five South place, there was a comedy show that they had. They had a stand-up show that I went to, and that was hilarious because I'm the same way. Like, I love being able to at least watch it, laugh, and, like, that's my own little escape from it. Like, yeah. watching live music is, is there. Uh, when I was booking shows, that was, like, my whole, like, release for it just to be able to, like, figure out what band goes together, what sounds go together, all that good stuff. Yeah. But being able to just sit down and, like, laugh – at yeah. everything that they're saying because it's like real shit first. Oh dude, it's awesome, yeah. So that's 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 my that's been my favorite thing of that for the past like five years. I've gotten really, really heavy into that. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't know they did comedy down there too. They did comedy stuff. They're trying to do a whole bunch of different Just stuff. Everything. Man. Yeah. Like, so um we'll ha- we'll have to go. Uh did. Let me know, man. Cause that I try so there's um in DC, there's the Draft House Comedy, which mm-hmm. is really great. A lot of good people go in there. Bobby Kelly was there, and I, I went to go see him. What? That was the hardest that I've ever laughed in my entire life. I felt going out of there that I just did like a two hour workout. What? I, I felt Hurting dead. From laughing. It's tight. Hurting. Because <laughs> it was just nonstop. Um, and then I saw Sarah Tiana there recently, and she just destroyed. Really yeah. I haven't, I haven't listened to her though. Good fantastic uh, Sarah Tian is probably one of my favorites um, and then just she's hilarious she's really good looking too so that helps it but always helps just, yeah. she's <laughs> hilarious first and she had she had this camping bit and fishing bit that I, I couldn't repeat to save my life but just the layer upon layer upon layer upon layer was just amazing really good yeah so and it that place is small, so it's really cool to very intimate kind of setting yeah, for you. That's tight. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I go to the improv a lot, and the the improv is always always, always cool. Good. So, um, do you have any favorite comedians? Right now, I uh, really like that Jimmy Carr stand up I found on Netflix. That shit's awesome, man. It's like so dry and like fucked up, and I really his like, laugh is the worst. Dude, it's awful. It's yeah, that's kind of like the one turnoff for me because as soon as like I'd never heard of him before, but I like I watched it and for the first time uh, this was a while back, and when I watched it and I saw him laugh, I'm like, no fucking way. There's no <laughs> way he laughs like that. And yeah, he's like, yeah, I laugh like this, and I'm ha, like, ha, ha. yeah, he yeah, laughs, yeah. I'm like, oh man, that's, that's that's rough to have a laugh like that. But him. 
I really like um, what is it Anthony Jeselnik. Yeah, he's really good too. He's playing in DC soon. Is he really? Yeah, I think he's playing at the Warner Theater. I got to look at at that. So because he's he he was one of my favorites too. Yeah, I was watching that stand up and like it was just funny just to watch the crowd. Just like most of them were just like, what? Like right. why would you say? Like you could hear the oohs in the crowd. It was so dry. I'm like, it's fucking tight. Like that's the kind of humor I love, man. Just like super fucked up, just dry. Like obviously it's a joke but like so many people get offended over anything anymore so like i just like the fact that they don't care they just say that shit or tom segura tom segura's new stand-up was yeah awesome. like that's really good i really like tom segura um i know he's got podcasts out with his wife too i need yeah i know uh, i haven't been able to watch them but i heard those are really good too yeah those are good um uh, and then burt kreischer has um one and him and and Bert, Tom and Bert will go back and forth. They had this whole like fat contest. What? <laughs> I don't. Yeah. So he would say Tom is fat or Bert is fat, and then they had like a, a weight loss challenge or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm butchering the whole bit, so sorry. No, you <laughs> you'll never. You guys will never hear this, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> but they went back and forth. But they're they're fans of each other. Um, would just yell, Bert is fat. <laughs> at at Bert's com uh, comedy shows, and then would yell "Tom is fat" at Tom's comedy shows. So the whole the whole thing just turned into this like, big joke. Yeah, it was it was nuts. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to go. Definitely let me know, man. Yeah, I've never been to those, so it'd be tight to go down there and actually check it out. You've never been to a live one? I've been to a live stand up before. I just never been down like where uh, the improv or any of those things are. Yeah. <sighs> They're, it's beautiful. It, it's really, really great. So, because, like I said, I mean, that's my being able to go and experience that stuff and Have and good time. Yeah, and you just let loose a little bit, so it's oh, good. Oh man, hell yeah. Um, so we're we're winding up, but for for you, for Alica, for your music, all that good stuff. You know, what keeps you driven to keep doing it? To wear that mustache, to get those booty shorts in there. <laughs> this fucking mustache and the booty shorts. <laughs> Dude. Um, I don't really know, man. I just really love... I mean, I just love music, man. It's been therapeutic for me for so long. And I... It's... I mean, a lot of my friends will... I mean, they agree. It's like a drug, man. I mean, I just love playing music. I mean, regardless if I'm, like, like on a stage doing it or just, like, recording or just jamming, man. I just love playing music and i've been really really fortunate with alica recently especially in the past two years because i mean we've gotten a lot of good feedback and like kids are wearing our shirts and like coming out to shows and it's like awesome man because like they don't have to do that shit you know they don't they give it two shit and we're not even we're not a signed band i mean we have management which is tight but like we're but not you just a, got that yeah and we just got that but we you know we're not on a record label we're just a local band still technically and like kids come out and they they scream the lyrics and they like what they hear and like and i just i just really like that and i don't want to you know i don't like bullshitting or covering shit up like i got a fucking stupid mustache and like when it gets <laughs> warm out i'm gonna wear these pink ass booty shorts and i got a death metal t-shirt that i'm gonna wear this weekend on our little three-day run that we got going down south that's pretty much just a fucking belly shirt but i'm just i just want to look ridiculous man just like because like metal's tight and like yeah it's it's a release for me but like 
I, I just think too many people are just too like uptight about it. You know? Yeah, you, they're way too serious about it. Yeah, they're it. way too serious. Like lighten up, man. Like I'm in fucking pink booty shorts and a mustache. <laughs> like and like I had a mullet like before I had this stupid like hair that I got right now. I had that dumb mullet for like three months and it was the stupidest thing I've I, I would look like I thought it looked tight at first and then when after like a little bit I'm like this is fucking stupid. Yeah, but, that uh, might be why no one's liking yeah, you right like, now. This yeah, might, this might be why nothing's <laughs> happening right now. But uh, but yeah, I just I just. I just really like it, and I just, uh, you know, just, I don't know, man, just just everything with Alec going on right now, it's just, it's been driving me nonstop just because those guys stay driven, and it drives me to want to work harder, and I see the potential this band has, you know, um, if we can do this already within the two and a half years we've already formed, and, you know, we've only, I mean, technically, you know, when you think about it, we thought about it the other day, you know, we've gotten this far just off of five songs, yeah, you know, and that's you know I think that says a lot, and I you know, we're really really lucky to have those five songs right. that, that people like. So I'm hoping that you know we uh, the full length coming out is nine songs. I'm hoping with these nine songs it takes us fucking double just that to another level, yeah, yeah, to a whole another level. So I'm just hoping it keeps working out that way, man, because that's just what stays keeps me driven. Just seeing the kids and all those like people that still come out. Like we had actually one. One time, uh, when Eric, when Alica first formed, we did a show at Memories right before they closed down, and it was an older couple that came out, and they were like in their 80s. I couldn't tell you their names, but I remember we had a show. Become a theme. Yeah, cool. yeah. Uh, we had a we had a show at Soundstage like two weeks after that at, uh, from Memories, and so we got to talking. I got to talking this couple. They just randomly showed up to Memories. And I was like, well, if you want to come out to Baltimore, I'm playing with Thy Art is Murder from Australia. Like, we're, we're opening for him. And the old guy was like, yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll buy a ticket. So I, I was literally like, if you're going to come out, I'll give you two tickets. So I gave him two tickets and didn't charge him for it. I'm like, if you come out, cool with me. And sure enough... They fucking were old enough to where they got into the VIP section because the people, I guess, running soundstage didn't think they yeah. were supposed to be there, but they're like, no, we're here. <laughs> so I saw them side stage, and I happened to look, and without missing a beat, the old lady was, like, waving at me, trying to get our attention. I was like, are you fucking serious? Like, that's it like, amazing. It was tight, dude. And uh, I was just like, see, that's fucking, like, stuff that I really live for when it comes to, like, this band, man. We got kids, and then we got people like that coming out. Doesn't matter what age, and, like... Just keeps me driven, man, and I'm just really, really lucky that the guys are driven like that too, and like we got such a good support system on everybody's end. So that's fantastic. It would help, man. All right, so I'm not sure when this is gonna come out, but do you have an idea of when your record's gonna come out? I'm hoping. Or are you able to say anything? Um. Well, the name of the album is Defining Torment. Cool. Um The release date isn't planned yet. Um. Like I said, it's done. Okay. But artwork is coming. Um, after that comes probably a couple more months. I'd probably give it uh, probably mm, probably fall sometime. Probably cool. be the release date for it. Yeah, just to make sure everything's in order. Because we don't want... We got to do a lot of the promotional stuff, like under the scenes stuff. We got music videos that we're doing. Like So we had the music video. We have a lyric video that's getting made too. We got a lot of stuff that we got to do, some guitar playthroughs, just so when we, before we release the album, like, you know how, like, a lot of bands promote, like, we want to make sure we have tons of stuff for promotional purposes for this album. And you think about all that when you're releasing this album, so you think about kids wanting to learn how to play your songs, the yeah, lyrics, man. because all you're doing is making noises instead of yeah, anything else. So 
which that that always boggles my mind that people like before they release an album instead of just releasing it there are actual steps to take yeah um music videos i always thought was dead but like that's still very much still a, thing a thing that man. that comes out with it you have the lyrics that come out with it the whole oh, yeah. the whole nine which is impressive to me i, w- I would have never think about that as a as a band i would just want the music out and forget about it yeah no it, it just it, like it it might not be played on tv as like at all anymore really but it just helps having youtube man because like kids will be out there and if they like your shit they'll want to like they'll either want to learn guitar so that's why there's so many bands that could do guitar playthroughs that's why we're doing some now um drum playthroughs there's always like a drummer who wants to at least see if like dan like, i know tons of people when uh for instance when thy artist murder came out with hate they released that song Rain of Darkness. And I remember so many kids blasting the drummer because they were like, there's no way he can play that. So they came out with a playthrough on that just to show you that he can play that shit real. Yeah, because none of it sounds yeah, like it's none of a it human sound- is doing Yeah, it that. sounds crazy, you know? Yeah. So like so we're doing a couple of that. We're doing some drum playthroughs, I'm sure, down the line to make sure like people know like Danny's like legit. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just have the just have the promotional stuff like videos and everything else prepared. So that way we're like, hey, if you like this shit, check out the album and Hopefully that'll help us get up there where we need to be, man. So. That's amazing. There's a lot of nitty gritty stuff that you gotta you gotta do, huh? And that's the thing that sucks, man, because like it's it's a lot of work that goes under the scenes that you really don't talk about with anybody. You know, we're talking about it now, but like a lot of people don't know because when they come to the shows, they just want you know they just expect live show music and like whatever you're selling. You know, they just they want what's there and they expect it to be just there, you know? So if you don't know, like, the underlining stuff, you know, you, you just don't know. You expect, like, that. You just, well, you guys, because I've told a few people, you know, the album's done. Why don't you release it? Well, we got all these things to do. Well, why don't you just release the music and then do that? We'll see, we want to make sure that we have everything good for promotional purposes because we want to promote the album. We want to have good promotion for it. So it makes, you know, and then they're like, oh, okay, it makes sense. So you just... Just want to have your ducks in a row before you release something like that, you yeah. know? especially since we believe so heavily in it. We want to make sure that it does the best of its potential. So we want to make sure everything looks good, everything sounds good, and we have everything in line. So when we release it, we got tons of shit. And so. I think it shows a level of maturity even for you from going from one band to another band, yeah. but also just the age that, that you're at. Like You're not 20-something trying to do all this. You're pushing 30, and... Like you want to actually make a name kind of for yourself. You just want the music out. You want to be able to yeah. to express it. You know the whole nine. But there's so much of a, a little process in there. Dude, yeah. And it's, it's it's a business. A lot of people forget that music still is that business where there is definitely that big machine. Oh yeah. Behind it. Yeah, it's that's the unfortunate. I mean, because yeah, when you first start playing music, you're like, yeah, this is tight. I just want to jam, play music, and have fun. But like, if you want to keep getting serious with it, and eventually you'll see that it becomes a business. And like, that's that's you know, I mean, it's not really unfortunate, but that's just the nitty gritty of it. You know, that's the that's the business side of things. You have to start essentially making it a brand, and you have to brand your band and make sure that people. I mean, essentially, you're a product, and you're a traveling product, and you have to make sure that you're expendable and you can be sold and your product is good and up to date and people dig it so you have to constantly work at it and you have to constantly if you want to keep doing music you know i mean you can do i mean you can do music you know anytime but if you want to take it on the road and like invest heavily into it those are the steps and you got to take and it's it's just a lot of 
I mean, it's a lot of underground work, man. But like, and the hardest part for me is being patient. Cause I'm impatient as fuck sometimes. <laughs> like, yeah, because I used to be like that. I'm like, the album's done. Fucking release it. And they're like, no, wait. And I'm like, and so now I'm seeing how it comes into play. But the yeah. gears turning. The, yeah, the whole it, it starts. It makes complete sense now. And I'm glad that we, you know, we all have waited, and everybody's, you know, obviously on the same page. That helps too. So. But, yeah, I'm just hoping it keeps going the way it's going, man. That's great. Uh, do you have any advice for any, like, coming up band, any kind of people that just want to jam out and then want to take it to that next level? Um, yeah, if you want to take it to the next level, um, don't <laughs> ever stop working. Um, you have to kind of devour yourself in it a lot. Um, and you have to constantly work and in some cases you have to be not like a dictator, but you just have to have a, you have to have a steady mindset that you're going to do it. And you have to have people on the same page. That's a hard thing to do. You know, if you don't have everybody on the same page, it's hard to make things work correctly. And, uh, just make sure that you're communicative. That's a big thing with, I've noticed as long as you communicate, if you can communicate with your band and make sure everybody's on the same page, you're pretty much golden and have schedules, you know, organized organization is key too. um, but, you know, you're going to have to take those pay-to-play shows sometimes. You're going to have to kind of, like, pick and choose what you want to do. And if you can get an out-of-state show that doesn't require you to sell tickets, go. Go do it. You know, go make sure that you can go do it. And I think a lot of bands don't realize that either you need a good quality recording anymore, man. Like, you really need to invest your money in a good quality recording and good merch because kids are picky now, man. Like, yeah. they want to hear some good shit. Like, there's a million people... Who can go like just buy a you know you know whatever and just record you off of anything anymore? You know you go to go to somebody who's good at it. You know invest your money wisely and just you know and do what you need to do. It's that's that's I think the key to success right there. Just trying to and don't stop promoting. Just keep constantly telling people about it. You know like don't bombard them, but like you know I I try not to be too overbearing with it. That's why. Like I'm like I'll promote it a lot. I would do. I won't even lie. I do it a lot, but I don't like. I don't send invites to events. I'll just post it on. Hey, I got a show coming up. I'm gonna wear booty shorts and a fucking mustache. <laughs> like, like just come fucking hang out. Like, just stuff like that. Just, just be real with them. Just be real. Be genuine. And whatever you get, just be nice and just take everything with a grain of salt and you know appreciate what you got because you might not have it tomorrow. Especially with music, man. That shit comes and goes every day. So just run with it, and if you got something good, work your ass off and don't stop. Cool. That's it. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, that was Thanks great. For, thanks for having me, man. Oh, no, no problem. <laughs> that was fantastic.